Welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money in beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Welcome back to another episode of the Thrive in Design podcast. Today we have Tracy Cluse, who is the General Manager of Design and Development at Coraseal. She has more than 25 years of design experience spanning both residential and commercial applications. With a background in architecture and interior design, Tracy began her career in residential design in the St. Louis, Missouri market. She joined Masco Corporation on the Craftsmade Cabinetry brand team in 2000 as a member of their design services group. In her 14-year tenure, Tracy held positions as a senior designer, design manager, and senior design manager, where she and her team were responsible for all photography, PR, and trade show booth designs for the brand. In 2009, She accepted a role as senior product designer on the Masco cabinetry team, where she focused on color development, trend analysis, and all new product design introductions for the Craftmade brand. She went on to join Target North America as a senior design manager before expanding into the director of design marketing role in 2017. In her seven plus years at Target, Tracy and her team led initiatives that connected design to the sales organization and customers through visual storytelling. She also tracked market shifts that drove color and style direction for the brand. Tracy joined the Core Seal Interior Products team in June of 2021, where she leads design and development for all manufactured wall covering. So welcome to the Thrive and Design podcast, Tracy. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you, Nicole. I am so excited and honored to be uh, to be here with you today. Thank you. So I know uh, a little bit about you just from looking you up on LinkedIn, but tell me a little bit about your career path. What initially sparked your interest in interior design? For me, I was always interested in, in color and design. I started actually down the path of fashion. And then after uh, getting married and moving out, on my own, you know, realized then my passion for um, interior fashion versus versus fashion. I just thought that would be, uh, it really opened up a lot of avenues and I thought that would really be a better path for me. Uh, and then I switched my, you know, my major in school and kind of the rest is, is history. So I've really just have always loved putting together, you know, color and design. And when I was in school, I really found my passion for space planning. And then it wasn't till after I joined really my, my first large organization. So at joining Masco that I really started a passion for trend forecasting and just understanding trends and where those lead. Right. That's awesome. Well, there is kind of a relationship too between fashion and interior design. Because when I think of fashion, I think the runway shows and the trends that they set for the larger market in terms of like clothing. And you're kind of doing that with your with your career path. So that's amazing. Exactly. And I love that correlation between fashion and interior fashion. So it, it was interesting when I first started my career, how seeing a lot of color on the runway, you would see that translation a couple years later in interiors. And now watching it happen almost concurrently really kind of broadens our 
perspective and the opportunity we have to use color and to use design. You don't see that kind of lag in design development as you did years ago. So it's it's really everything happens, you know, concurrently. I love it. And so you've been able to touch on all different aspects of an of developing an interior product in your career from photography to PR to trend setting. So what have you found most captivating in all of your roles? Oh, well, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, the interesting part has been great companies recognize that design is really inherent in all steps of the process. You're the one that's, that's tracking the market, understanding the trends, and then developing products that are, that are going to speak to that need. But then it's the next step of developing the product and then taking it through the launch cycle and then you know actually bringing it to market. So design really should be at all those touch points within the process. When design isn't, you know, when when companies try to sequester design in one location or another, I think that's when you have a breakdown because really design is that touch point really the only one throughout the entire process um, when it comes to development. As we get into talking about development, before we before we dive into that conversation, let's talk about CoreSeal. Yes. <laughs> I'm a former employee of CoreSeal. I was on the sales team for four years in the New York City market. And, you know, CoreSeal has such a robust line of products and can really reach so many different types of markets. So I know about the products, <laughs> but tell me about the products or the audience about the products that CoreSeal offers. Yes. So I think the biggest misconception is CoreSeal is only wall covering and it's so much more than that. And I think the that's really our one of the things that's driving us right now is making those connections between all the wonderful products that are in the CoreSeal portfolio. So we not only have just you know, gorgeous wall coverings, but we have dry erase and tackable surfaces. Uh, we have acoustic solutions. We have uh, wood veneer and we have a Reatech product brand that is architectural films that will allow you to resurface almost anything. So doors, elevator banks, really whatever you would want to do, both indoor and outdoor. And then we have our wonderful digital lab, which allows you to essentially take your idea from whatever it is you're dreaming about and make it into an interior interior wall covering product. Then we also have our wall protection, which is that systems approach that will allow you to really develop develop your solutions that will fit any interior need that you have from, you know, door uh, protection, wall protection, corner guards, chair rails, really whatever your need is. I always like to to think of it. I mean, we offer surface solutions. It's not just covering. It's any kind of surface that you have. You know, we have that the opportunity to make it more beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, I always face that too, as a sales rep, where people would be like, oh, Nicole, I need wall covering for XYZ on the project. But it was great because CoreSeal has such a robust, you know, portfolio of, of products. So I'm always like, you know, show me your drawings, <laughs> show me your yeah. floor plans, show me your renderings. And then I could always propose, hey, do you know we have you know, all of these products that you can use here. And that always led to a bigger sale for me, which which worked out in my favor. <laughs> yeah, so much more than wall covering. Yeah, I love it. 
So as the uh, general manager for design and development at Chorus Hill, what does your role entail to lead the company forward? I know you touched on, you know, their trend setting and different things like that before. Um, I think a lot of it is, is connecting the dots between the trends, the product design, development through marketing, and then all the way through to launch. So making sure that the, the products that we're bringing to market are correct, and then making sure that as they move through that development cycle, that the design intent remains intact. And then finally, once it's launched, making sure that we're telling the story of that product correctly. So it's, it's really, we're the ones that really start the project and the product and then follow it all the way through the cycle. And then, you know, we're the ones that are there to help launch it and make sure that we're telling the story about that design intent correctly. And then making sure that as we're looking at products and we're bringing products to market, what is the timing? Like there's some products you can be too early and, you know, you're not going to get the you're not going to reach that design intent until, you know, it could be even years later. And then you want to make sure that you're kind of hitting that sweet spot. You don't want to be too early, but you also don't want to be too late. Right. So is there a science to that? So how do you even know <laughs> when is the correct time to bring something to market? Like, what's the magic behind it? Tell me. <laughs> That's so hard to contextualize. It's, it's something that I've just, you know, through the years have really learned about that, that life cycle. A quick shout out to a color marketing group. So color marketing, if, if forecasting color, forecasting trend is something that is of interest, they're a great collaborative group that will help team members understand how that process works. And, and it's an easy way to engage in the process. I think it's just, again, being aware of what the market is and how the trends are, are ebbing and flowing. And then understanding, keeping a connection with our customers and our sales folks to understand where their needs are. So they're more kind of the now, but we need to read between the lines and understand what the next is. So that way, as we move through that launch cycle, we're prepared. Right. Awesome. And so it, has there ever been a time too that you have been in the design and development phase and creating products and being aware of those trends, but then it's not the correct timing or you've had to like make a pivot or something like that. Always. So that's, that's always kind of striking the balance is making sure that it's, it's launching at the, at the proper time. There's been a couple of times that uh, within my career that we've had to hold things back and not launch them when we initially thought just because of the, the shifts in the market. So COVID is, is really a great, example of that because some of the products that were initially in the pipeline we had to pivot on development of those and really understand where where those shifts were happening and make sure that we were cognizant of bringing the right product to market at the right time right awesome yeah covid has turned everything on its head but hopefully it's helped companies really think outside of the box and push forward with innovation and one thing you also said that was intriguing to me is the launch portion of your of any product line and really developing the story behind the product, right? Because with my company, Thrive and Design, I hope that um, brands really think about the touch points that designers have with the brand, but also think about the captivating story behind the brand and the products 
you know, that they are offering. So what are some ways that you include storytelling in the product launches? So that's something that we've been really focusing on most recently uh, within our team. So collaborating with our marketing team, I think with designers, they are so busy right now, understanding not only the seeing the color and the pattern, but understanding the the why behind the product just helps them to make a better connection. And it also helps from a from a sales perspective. They're not going in with just beautiful new patterns. They're, they have a way to, to tell a story of why these patterns are important and how you're going to, to connect to them as a designer. Right. I know when I attended the Coresale Sales Conference last year, before the pandemic hit, um, they were showing us a lot of the patterns that were in development. And I love the story behind like where the inspiration came from, right? In, in terms of sometimes that was fashion, sometimes that was nature, you know, sometimes it was something else, but that influenced the pattern. Right. And then that gave me the tools as a sales rep to tell a story to the designer, which can then take that story to their client to, to really pull their design together. So yeah, storytelling is a, a big part of the design process and the products behind it. Definitely. So, so I know we talked a little bit about COVID and how that's pretty much shifted the market and interior design and putting things on hold. But how has that also influenced your design and development process? As we, as we looked at 2019, I felt like we were on a pretty strong path forward as far as design and the way the markets and the segments were, were moving forward. And then we get into 2020 and it was just, you know, roll that up and, and kind of throw it in the trash can because everything changed. And I think that is the, the opportunity that a lot of designers have right now is it's, it's really an opportunity to, to pivot, to look at things a little bit differently, to tell your story a little bit differently. There's so much opportunity out there right now. For some companies, it allowed them to kind of tap the brakes a little bit, pause, and then kind of reframe. For Coraseal, it was really just an opportunity to focus more on the customers and what the customers' needs were. So thank goodness we have an amazing design team. So for design, it was how do we find inspiration in a, in a different way? You know, why we're all in lockdown and at home we're still coming together as a team, sometimes remote, you know, sometimes in person when we can, but it's, it's just been interesting to look at, to find new pathways for inspiration. It was a, a clean sheet of music, different than what you were used to. When it came to our marketing team, we have a, an amazing marketing team and kudos to them for pivoting so quickly and bringing together digital solutions that were more about the online experience versus having those physical tools that our sales team members typically relied on. And, and kudos to our sales team members who really focused on how their customers were working and really that what that experience looked like. Because it's, it's so interesting to me, even now when I speak to some of our sales team members, which is, is weekly, really every one of them is 
taking a different path to market. Like there are some markets that are that are much more open than others. So it's it's really specific to that salesperson as to the type of tools they need and the the type of customer experience that they're having. And I think that that's probably a lesson to all of us is really kind of putting your customer first, understanding what their what their needs are and you know moving forward in in that manner. Yeah, that's a good point that I sometimes forget about, right? Because as a sales rep that was in New York City, you get so focused on like, okay, this is my territory. These are my customers. This is what my experience is in this place. And oftentimes you might forget about like, oh, there are other (laughs) people out there in different territories that might be having a different experience, right? And then what does that look like as they're translating a sales experience to their customers, which is a challenge in itself for the interior product company and creating the products and creating the tools that might be different from California to New York to Texas to the the Midwest somewhere. So how do you even approach that challenge? Because that is a a challenge to approach with everybody needing different things and everybody needing different tools to serve their customer. So for us, it's, it's again, moving forward with more digital solutions than we are physical, but we're trying to balance the, the physical tools with the digital. And then again, just kind of telling a great story in conjunction with our products. Designers are so stretched right now. You know, many firms have downsized through COVID. So designers are really asked to do so much more than, than they were in the past. So it's really understanding what those needs are and bringing really solutions to them that are, are just not one thing. So how can we package more products together and provide a cohesive solution to them and allow them to kind of do a little bit more with less. So, you know, just coming with wall covering, that's probably not going to cut it any longer. We really are focusing on packaging all of those solutions together to provide a one-stop shop for designers. Right. Awesome. So it's the balance of creating a digital solution and something that's a little bit offline, right? And then creating a almost like a holistic solution in terms of the product offering when you're becoming a part of their design process then. Right. And then really curating that solution for your designer. So, because as you said, like all markets are just so different right now. Right. Exactly. So as we look to the future and innovation in in the interior design industry, what are some of your hopes or predictions for whether it be for interior products for trends, or for even how companies are approaching sales and products? The space for new opportunities is just so vast. Whether you're a small company or a large company, the space to innovate and come up with new and unique solutions is just uh, you know, wide open. Through the pandemic, it's, it's really allowed people to think differently, to approach business differently, approach creativity in a different way. So I think it's, you know, those that have continued to push the envelope on innovation and product development are going to reap those benefits as we move forward in, in the coming years. Those who have kind of 
you know, sat back and watched, it might take them a little bit longer to catch up. Yeah, for sure. I think it takes bravery, right, to to really push the envelope and push forward in innovation, whether that be developing the product, how you're going to tell the story behind the product, how you're going to curate the experience for the designer. I know just looking at the market, right, before COVID, I was really gung-ho on digital experiences and how we can work that into um, the sales process. That was a foreign concept to everybody, right? So now as it's forced onto us, people have adopted it. But I hope that in having that force to shift, people are more proactive to think about, you know, if the market shifts in any direction, right, whether it's COVID or not, they're open to innovation and in all in all facets. So what are some exciting things that the industry can look forward to in the next year from Coruscant? We have a, a very aggressive launch schedule for 2022 that we're really excited about. So in just in Q1, so coming out first quarter, we're going to hit the ground running with a new product offering called Takumi. And Takumi is a, a product line that we work together with our parent company, um, Sangetsu out of Japan, to curate beautiful handcrafted materials that are one of a kind. They're all handcrafted. They're all just beautiful, natural materials. We have opulent corks, luxurious foils, lovely weaves, micas, and washi papers. All of them are just beautiful. I mean, that's really the the only word that I can use. And if you're looking for a solution that is unique, that is different, um, and really to set your project apart from from other from other projects, Takumi would definitely be a place to look. And then we have our beautiful manufactured wall covering that we have a, a large collection that is going to launch early in Q1 that is going to talk a little bit about taking a minute to, to breathe. So getting a moment of respite, being mindful and allowing yourself to disconnect for just a moment before kind of tackling the, the needs of the day. So we have some beautiful kind of watercolor prints, some lovely weaves that will go along with that. So some great basic staple textures, and then really some lovely prints that will uh, accompany that package. And with our new state-of-the-art machinery that's in our plant, our manufacturing facility in Louisville, it really allows us to print clear, clean, crisp images in register like we had never have before. So that that really sets us apart from our competition. So if you've not looked at Coruscant for a while, I would invite you to come back to Coruscant, take a look. Uh, we have some beautiful new introductions that came out last year, and we have some really exciting things planned for 22. And then tell us where to find you at HD. So you can always find us um, on our social media channels and also on our website at uh, www.coresteel.com. But we are planning a, a return to the hospitality design show uh, in April. So it's April 26 through 28. And you can find us at booth 3907. So front and center. Uh, and we're ex really excited to be getting back into, into trade shows for 2022. Yes, that is so exciting. Tracy, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I enjoyed learning about your career path and inspiration behind design and development, what is coming up for Coruscant, and I can't wait to see all the new products.
Thank you, Nicole. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design. And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveanddesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week. Thank you.